Chapter Twenty One of the House of the Wolfings. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The House of the Wolfings by William Morris. Chapter Twenty One They Bicker About the Ford. In the gray of the morning was Otter afoot with the watchers, and presently he got on his horse and peered over the plain, but the mist yet hung low on it, so that he might see naught for a while. But at last he seemed to notice something coming toward the host from the upper water above the ford, so he rode forward to meet it, and lo, it was a lad of fifteen winters, naked save his breeches and wet from the river and otter drew rein and the lad said to him art thou the war duke yea said otter said the lad i am ali the son of grey and the hall son hath sent me to thee with this word are ye coming is the old at hand for I have seen the roof ridge red in the sunlight, as if it were painted with cinnabar. Said Otter, Art thou going back to Wolfstead, son? Yea, at once, my father, said Ali. Then tell her, said Otter, that Theodolf is at hand, and when he cometh we shall both together fall upon the Romans either in crossing the ford or in the wolfy meadow but tell her also that i am not strong enough to hinder the romans from crossing father said ali the hall son saith thou art wise in war now tell us shall we hold the hall against the romans that ye may find us there for we have discomfited their vanguard already and we have folk who can fight but belike the main battle of the Romans shall get the upper hand of us ere ye come to our helping. Belike it were better to leave the hall, and let the wood cover us. Now this is well asked, said Otter. Get thee back, my son, and bid the hall's son trust not to warding of the hall, for the Romans are a mighty host, and this day, even when Theodolf comes hither, shall be hard for the goth folk. Let her hasten, lest these thieves come upon her hastily. Let her take the hall's son her namesake, and the old men, and the children, and the women. And let those fighting folk she hath be a guard to all this in the wood. And hearken, moreover, it will, maybe, be six hours ere Theodolf cometh. Tell her I will cast the dice for life or death, and stir up these Romans now at once, that they may have other things to think of than burning old men and women and children in their dwellings. Thus may she reach the wood unhindered. Hast thou all this in thine head? Then go thy ways. But the lad lingered, and he reddened, and looked on the ground, and then he said, My father, I swam the deeps, 
and when i reached this bank i crept along by the mist and the reeds towards where the romans are and i came near to them and noted what they were doing and i tell thee that they are already stirring to take the water at the ford now then do what thou wilt therewith he turned about and went his way at once running like a colt which has never felt halter or bit but otter rode back hastily and roused certain men in whom he trusted and bid them rouse the captains and all the host and bid men get to horse speedily and with as little noise as might be so did they and there was little delay for men were sleeping with one eye open as folk say and many were already astir so in a little while they were all in the saddle and the mist yet stretched low over the meadow for the morning was cool and without wind then otter bade the word be carried down the ranks that they should ride as quietly as may be and fare through the mist to do the romans some hurt but in no wise to get entangled in their ranks and all men to heed well the signal of turning and drawing aback and therewith they rode off down the meadow led by men who could have led them through the dark night but for the romans they were indeed getting ready to cross the ford when the mist should have risen and on the bank it was thinning already and melting away for a little air of wind was beginning to breathe from the northeast and the sunrise which was just at hand and the bank moreover was stonier and higher than the meadow's face which fell away from it as a shallow dish from its rim thereon yet lay the mist like a white wall so the romans and their friends the dastards of the goths had well nigh got all ready and had driven stakes into the water from bank to bank to mark out the safe ford and some of their light armoured and most of their goths were by now in the water or up on the wolfing meadow with the more part of their luggage and wains and the rest of the host was drawn up in good order band by band waiting the word to take the water and the captain was struggling nigh to the river bank beside their god the chief banner of the host of a sudden one of the dastards of the goths who was close to the captain cried out that he heard horse coming but because he spake in the gothic tongue few heeded but even therewith an old leader of a hundred cried out the same tidings in the roman tongue and all men fell to handling their weapons but before they could face duly towards the meadow came rushing from out the mist a storm of shafts that smote many men and therewithal burst forth the sound of the markmen's war-horn like the roaring of a hundred bulls mingled with the thunder of horses at the gallop and then dark over the wall of mist showed the crests of the riders of the mark though scarce were their horses seen till their whole war rank came dark and glittering 
into the space of the rising ground where the mist was but a haze now and now at last smitten athwart by the low sun just arisen therewith came another storm of shafts wherein javelins and spears cast by the hand were mingled with the arrows but the roman ranks had faced the meadow and the storm which it yielded swiftly and steadily and soon they stood fast and threw their spears albeit not with such good aim as might have been because of their haste so that few were slain by them and the roman captains still loath to fight with the goths in earnest for no reward and still more and more believing that this was the only band of them that he had to look to bade those who were nighest the ford not to tarry for the onset of a few wild riders but to go their ways into the water else by a sudden onrush might the romans have entangled otter's band in their ranks and so destroyed all as it was the horsemen fell not on the roman ranks full in face but passing like a storm athwart the ranks to the right fell on there where they were in the thinnest array for they were gathered to the ford as aforesaid and slew some and drove some into the deeps and troubled the whole roman host so now the roman captain was forced to take new order and gather all his men together and array his men for a hard fight and by now the mist was rolling off the face of the whole meadow and the sun was bright and hot his men serried the ranks and the front rank cast their spears and slew both men and horses of the goths as those rode along their front casting their javelins and shooting here and there from behind their horses if occasion served or making a shift to send an arrow even as they sat a horseback then the second rank of romans would take the place of the first and cast in their turn and they who had taken the water turned back and took their place behind the others and many of the light armoured came with them and all the mass of them flowed forward together looking as if it might never be broken but otter would not abide the shock since he had lost men and horses and had no mind to be caught in the sweep of their net so he made the sign and his company drew off to right and left yet keeping within bowshot so that the bowmen still loosed at the romans but they for their part might not follow afoot men on untired horses and their own horse was on the west side with the baggage and had it been there would have been little but of no avail as the roman captain knew so they stood a while making grim countenance and then slowly drew back to the ford under the cover of their light armoured who shot at the goths as they rode forward but abode not their shock but otter and his folk followed after the romans again and again did them some hurt and at last drew so nigh that once more the romans stormed forth and once more smote a stroke in the air nor even so would the markmen cease to meddle with them though never would otter suffer his men to be mingled with them at the last the romans 
seeing that Otter would not walk into the open trap, and growing weary of this bickering, began to take the water, little by little, while a strong company kept face to the markmen. And now Otter saw that they would not be hindered any longer, and he had lost many men, and even now feared lest he should be caught in the trap and lose all. And on the other hand, it was high noon by now, so that he had given respite to the stay-at-homes of the wolfings, so that they might get them into the wood. So he drew out of bowshot, and bade his men breathe their horses and rest themselves and eat something. And they did so gladly, since they saw that they might not fall upon the Romans to live and die for it, until Theodulf was come or until they knew that he was not coming. But the Romans crossed the ford in good earnest, and were soon all gathered together on the western bank, making them ready for the march to Wolfstead. And it must be told that the Roman captain was the more deliberate about this, because after the overthrow of his light armored, there the morning before, he thought that the roof was held by warriors of the kindreds, and not by a few old men and women and lads. Therefore he had no fear of their escaping him. Moreover, it was this imagination of his, to wit, that a strong band of warriors was holding the wolfstead, that made him deem there were no more worth thinking about than the warriors of the mark, save Honor's company and the men in the Hall of the Wolfings. End of chapter 21